From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. I am Scott Armstrong and I have some Worthless Servants with me. I'm going to introduce them across from me, Emily Armstrong. Hey everyone. And to my left, Natalie Franco. Hi guys. To her left, AJ Fry. Hi, guys. Last and never least, to my right, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact dogs sniff good smells with their left nostril. <laughs> this totally sounds made up. No, it's from Reader Digest again. Reader's Digest. <laughs> Is there a way to tell which nostril they're smelling out of? There has to be if they've said that this is what they're proving to be the scientific fact. Right, but like... You're asking me for like science and I am not a scientist. You're giving me science. I'm going to ask messenger. you about science. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that means I, I that I, I, I feel bad for the right nostril. That's where the bad smells are then. No, okay. So yes, you are correct, but they always... So they... Okay. <laughs> so they normally start sniffing with their right nostril and if they like it, they'll switch to their left nostril. So it's not mm. necessarily the grossest smells get just the left. Oh, the right. Get just the right. It's all smells get the right. Really great smells get the left. I feel like Interesting. Reader's, Reader's Digest is really giving us some good stuff to think about. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> to ponder. Yes. Yes. Well, again, um, amazing, amazing stuff from Chelsea today. And uh, <laughs> see you guys next week. Yes. It's Chelsea's new podcast, Amazing Stuff from Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. That could be a great podcast. <laughs> but on this podcast, we are going to actually be talking about something that I think uh, is, it has been really the emphasis of our entire region. In fact, I wrote down uh, an introduction to this episode, and we're going to get into this. But I believe this year, 2020, 21 will be known as the year of mentoring for the Church of the Nazarene in the Mesoamerica region. In the past months, more than 400 leaders have been equipped by experts in the church globally, and we as the Worthless Servants have been a part of that. That's been pretty cool. Those 400 leaders have then replicated and contextualized that training to impact an estimated 5,000 leaders around our region. The five of us have been part of that. The hope is to create a culture of mentoring that will produce astounding, quantifiable, and qualitative results for decades to come. We've been a part of this. This has been super important. We've been trained. We've been equipped. We've read articles. Uh, we've attended uh, <laughs> trainings. Um, so let's just talk about this. I guess my first question would be, what has been your experience with the impact mentoring? That's what we're calling this huge emphasis in our region. And have you guys seen changes in yourselves? I have been really impressed with uh, impact mentoring for several different reasons. Um, the trainings are not anything life-shattering. Um, and I say that with a lot of privilege of coming from a, a context where like, I was taught mentoring basically like my whole life just and not using those words necessarily, but like mentorship and um, the idea of someone walking alongside of me was a, I don't know, a basic concept. But what this has done, it, it is opened the door to conversations on our region and, and in my local context and in my area, like um, 
I have had more conversations on mentoring and the concepts of mentoring in the last three months than I think I've ever had in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And with intentionality of people like talking about, oh, I need to do this with my mentor, or I need to think about this for my for my mentee, or whatever the the conversation is, it is exploded at least the conversation people are talking about it and that is awesome because it started something and I think when we start something we can move forward in it and um, that conversation is good. Natalie a few episodes ago you had talked about hey what you had been thinking about and God had been forming you and was this mentoring Um, since then have you thought more about uh, mentoring and even I think last time you were talking about how to select a person to mentor, right? Um, But have you seen a change either in you or have you seen a change in others actually in this time? Like even in our district or in our country here in Dominican Republic? I can say I've been seeing a huge change in me. I I want to start from there. Um, And I've seen how being intentional of like have this relationship of love with someone to be guided by someone. Um, have been changing me just in like I've been with a mentor for almost two years and how much I've been growing in these two years like if I am comparing this like five years like in five years before that like the the change is huge in just two years like almost two years and not only from what God is teaching me with my mentor but what he's also teaching me um, with my mentee, like mm-hmm. I can see like how God is using that person also to teach me this is something mutual. And I love that. And I've seen in my church also, um, how they are, um, embracing this, this concept of mentoring and everybody is excited about this. Mm-hmm. And everybody is getting involved, and we don't only have these reunions with the re- with the region or the district, but in our local church, we are talking about let's do this, how we're going to do it, when are we going to start doing this, um, and I've seen like how everybody is getting involved. So it's beautiful to see how a regional um, impact is getting to the local churches as well. Maybe we've. Uh, not really defined what mentoring is, but I mean, some people might say, okay, so is mentoring just coming along some, someone and being their friend? I mean, what would we say mentoring is? I think one of the things as I think about mentoring somebody and, and the conversation of discipleship and like the difference in friendship is, um, there is like a specific road that you're intending to walk in mentoring Mm. and in discipling where friendship is more of that organic, let's grab some coffee. If we want to go to the mall, let's watch a movie together, you know, and like you grow a friendship based on commonalities and likes. And, um, I think with mentoring, you have this desired goal that you both are walking towards at the same time. And so when you meet together, there's definitely, the buzzword of this podcast and some would even say Scott and I have this internal joke of like when we die someday here's what's going to be on our gravestone mine's going to have the word lived intentionally because (laughs) intentionality is like my buzzword in life but that's what mentorship is is like it's not just going to organically happen. It's because I'm making space in my schedule for it. It's because I'm prioritizing it. It's because I see this needs to be a bigger part of my life. Um, it, it, 
holds a very different space than what friendship does for us. And it usually is the person that's being mentored uh, has created a space for somebody to speak into their lives. And when you're friends with somebody, you don't always create that space, right? Sometimes it's like, well, my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth, whether we agree with that or not. Um, But in mentoring, there is like this space of let's learn these things together. However, I desire some of your expertise. I desire some of what you've learned to speak into my life. That, that I think those are some pretty big differences between the two. I think I think there could develop a friendship out of mentoring for sure. And when when we're being mentored, like there is, like you said, that intentionality. But because that intentionality is there, like the relationship grows stronger and grows better. I think whenever I think of mentorship or mentoring somebody, and I I don't know if this is the same for you guys. Like my first thought is a very structured kind of organized step-by-step process. And it has to be maybe at a certain time with a certain um, materials and, and things like that. But the more I, the more I investigate and the more I practice it, it's almost better if there's not that structure. Yes. There needs to be intentionality. Like we are, I like what you said, Emily, like we're going together in this. It's not so much like I'm the mentor, you're the mentee, whatever I say you have to do, you know, but I think it's important that you take an attitude that both people take an attitude of like, we're learning from each other also. Yes. There, I think there should be someone in the relationship who is um, maybe more, has more or different experiences and can guide this relationship. Um, but not be closed off. If I'm the mentor, I can't be closed off to who my, to my mentee, to that, to who I'm mentoring, if he has, he or she has other advice for me, I have to be open to receive that as well. Um, so like you said, like walking this path together and and doing this together in a certain direction, yes. Some of my favorite like times that I have been mentored is when my my mentor like literally invited me to go to the grocery store with her (laughs) and we were buying her groceries for the week but we were talking as we were walking the aisles and like even within that maybe this has more to do with my personality but I think there's something to physical in-person mentoring that we haven't touched in in touched on in impact mentoring but I can see the fruit of it even in the conversations that we're having with with the people around me, um, the the ability to I like I, when I was going to the grocery store, I was seeing the things that my mentor was buying, and it provoked conversation. Why did you choose that over this? If there was like an option, and that caused a whole conversation of things that like I wanted to hear from her, and things that it like spiraled into this whole conversation. Um, but there's something to living life alongside mm. our mentee yeah. that. That doesn't actually happen in friendship. Yeah. I don't know many friends of mine that walk the grocery store with me. <laughs> um, I don't know many friends that come over and we read a book together. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't read books with my friends. Um, so there's this. I, I almost think there's more intimacy in mentorship. If there's if there's true intentionality of like provoking the hard conversations of like, hey, I see this in your life and it's not fruit. That's that's hard. I don't want to hear that from my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd rather hear that from my mentor. 
That's interesting. Um, that's the style that Jesus practiced. You know, uh, he was walking, living, eating with his disciples. And I, I think one thing, a lot of people that we have been together with during this process of being trained in mentoring have really gotten caught up on it. So is mentoring coaching is mentoring discipleship. Yeah. Why, what's the difference? Why should, should we use the word mentoring and not discipling if we're spiritual, you know? And, um, I think the goal of our region has been essentially, Hey, invest in somebody else. I think, I think we've yeah. gotten so far away from the basic call to disciple people. And we can talk about people that aren't Christians, people that are new Christians, people, hey, just invest your life in other people. Not only if you're a a district superintendent or a missionary or a pastor, you know, every single Nazarene, every single Christian should be investing in someone else. So our way of saying that is mentoring, you know, and so we're not going to, even in this episode, we're not going to get hung up on exactly the terminology and why we're using that. Um, But I think you guys uh, have brought out things. Intentionality but also not just in this formal structured, okay, now we're going to move for 20 minutes. We're going to talk about this. Then we're going to do this. Really, I think all of us are, are growing in this. But one thing that's been helpful for me is saying, hey, I'm here for you. You need to tell and even rank what are the most important and urgent things for you right now to talk about. We don't have all the, all the afternoon. So in the time that we do have, what should we be talking about? What is the area of your life that you need, uh, you need, or you have identified, or God has even identified where you need to grow in? Let's talk through that. And then I pray that God would use me to be able to speak into that area or that uh, part of that person's life. I think a part, as I listen to you speak about that, Scott, I, For some reason, it's coming into my mind that I've been in a mentoring relationship with somebody for probably going on three to four years right now. And right now, it's like in this rocky area. I, you know, like, I don't know what other word to use, but, um, I know that she's struggling where she's at in ministry and I've reached out to her and said, Hey, do you want to get together? And it's like, she ignores the texts and, and she, she ignores the, you know, and then it's like maybe 10 days later, it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get back to this. And, um, and so I've been even finding in my own life that this, this, thing of mentorship is very organic at the same time. It's organic and, and intentional. And how do you hold those two in in, Mm. intention, you know, and, um, the mentee has to desire it more than the mentor does. Mm. That is one thing I am a hundred percent assured on that when the mentor is the one that is pushing it all the time, your mentee is not going to get as much out of it. And, um, they have to desire that space. And we can say as mature Christian leaders that we need to have somebody as a mentee and that is important, but the mentee has to desire it in their life as well. And it's like this, this two way street that has to go both ways. I can't desire it more for this person when she's at a point where she's like, she doesn't desire it right now. And I don't know why that is, but like, it's not to say I'm going to give up on you, but I'm like giving her her space. Mm-hmm. I'm not pursuing her. Right. But, but I continually reach out like, so maybe it, it maybe it can be now, maybe it can be now. And, and so I think there's just this uh, give and take that happens with mentoring that, that allows us to keep it on this organic human level, you know? And it doesn't have to be for 40 or 50 years. I think that was helpful in one of our first trainings that they were saying, depending on the relationship or period of, you know, time of life for each, both the mentor and the mentee, 
Like this could be something for several months. This could be something for several years. And no one should feel awful if then it kind of, you decide, okay, this isn't the right timing at this point. So that brings up a question for me. Uh, we've, and I, I'm, this is very organic. I, <laughs> this is not a pre-thought thought. Um, like if, if the mentee, I'm agree, in agreement with you that the mentee needs to desire the relationship more than the mentor. The mentor should be mature enough to desire it, but the mentee should pursue it. So if that's the case, why is the question, who is going to be my mentee? Shouldn't the question be, who is my mentor and who am I going to seek out? Because I, I feel like I'm being pushed to mentor people, which is a great initiative. But what if no one around me desires that or knows that I'm available to do that? We haven't created a culture where people know they should be seeking a mentor. So my question is kind of open, but like, wh- how do I balance that? The way that I would respond to that is, honestly, I think so many people want to be invested in. Now, uh, by really prayerfully seeking out, even Jesus did this, you know, (laughs) prayed beforehand and then was seeking who would be these people. And uh, they weren't always the people I think that, uh, that the world would say, yes, definitely you need to invest in Matthew. You know, you definitely need to invest in these. You know, people would be like, them? You know, but God... Um, God spoke and said, these are the people. And I think in my case, there have been times where people have come to me. That's cool. That I, I like that, you know, that shows their initiative, but there have been other times where I've seen something that they don't even see in themselves. And just on asking them to pray about this, I sense the Lord I, is what I tell them. I sense the Lord is, is wanting me to maybe invest in, in your life, but it will require some commitment on your part. Um, would you like to pray about, you know, if you would be open to that? Almost always, they're like, I think I would. I mean, you know, there are people longing for investment. That does not mean that everything has gone well. Uh, Emily and I know that we've talked, and there have been two or three different people that I've invested in and invested in, and then I realize they're not actually reading the Bible. They come and try to pretend, <laughs> but they're actually not doing what they said they would do. Uh, or they just don't show up or, you know, it's just like, okay, well, the Lord has helped me to realize that right now you're not ready for this. And I don't feel, I did at first, I don't, but now I don't feel like burdened by that. It's my fault, you know? Um, so I don't know if that helps or. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think about the conversation that I've had with Scott many times, but with multiple people. But I think as women, this is a really important conversation to have because I am an ordained elder in the Church of the Nazarene. And even though we ordain women in the Church of the Nazarene, sometimes it's hard to find a mentor for Mm -hmm. women because like when I look at where I'm at in my spiritual walk and what God's asked me to do, it's hard to find a woman that is in her mid sixties or seventies that has been on a similar path that I have, that, that I want to be mentored by. And so for me, I've taken it more as, um, so this path, God has used people to speak into my life, maybe not super intentionally, but I can recognize that. But I have really felt like a, a burden to identify the next generation women of, I would have loved if somebody had intentionally invested into me. Um, 
but it, it never truly happened and it still could happen, but I can't name one person to any of you guys that I would be like, this is my mentor. This is who has mentored me. Um, but man, it became such an important thing to me of like, that would have been so amazing for me. I would have been able to learn so much more and, and grab so much more that I started to look for women that were on that same track, that were, you know, that needed the encouragement that, and, and those are the people that I find myself investing in and having that conversation with Chelsea of, of somebody that it's like, I see that God has something really amazing for you and it's going to be hard as a woman, it's going to be hard because God has placed a call on your life that not many women accept. And so like, if you want to walk in, that's what I would say, Chelsea, I usually come into it as if you want to walk this path, I've learned a lot and it's been difficult. And if you want me to be a part of this, I would love to come alongside you because I can see what God's doing in your life. However, if you don't have it right now, if you don't want that, that's okay. But like, if you want it in a year, come back to me. And I always leave that door open. And that would be my, my advice to anybody that's here of have that conversation and give them the ability to say no, give them the ability to say, I don't have time. Or like, it sounds like a really great opportunity, but everything that you're saying, like, I can't commit to that right now. And I have had two people that I've had that exact conversation that at that point in time, they were like, I just can't even see how it would fit. But within 12 to 18 months, they came back to me and said, is that still like an open door? Like, like, because God uses that as a seed of conversation and um, in some of the best mentoring relationships I've had come much longer after the fact of extending the invitation to, to journey together. So we're talking about mentoring, like, is there a specific way to do this or, or not? I mean, is there, uh, are there materials or what are your opinions on that? Or perhaps maybe another question could be, um, you know, how do you, you're all mentoring somebody. How do you go about that? Okay, I, based on my experience, I can say, and it's both organic and also like intentional and planned. Like we need to plan those mentoring. What I have with my mentor is we plan monthly to get in touch, like intentionally to talk about. And, and that's, it is something I really love because at the beginning of the conversation, just, just to say what we do, mm -hmm. um, we just talk about what has been happening and my frustrations and what I've been thinking and what I've been struggling. And it is like this conversation I have with a friend in a coffee shop, even though we are a little bit far away. Um, and then we have this intention of work on that. And at the end of the meeting, um, we have a devotional that has been planned of what what we have been talking before. So in those devotional, what has been happening all the time, praise the Lord, is that God has been talking to me a lot about what I've been feeling. Mm -hmm. She has been intentional in that. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like, there are times, as you said it, it before, Emily, that we cannot get to those, <laughs> we cannot have those meetings mm -hmm. Uh, because she has something to do or something just came came up just, just something came up and we still still um, communicate through whatsapp or any other way and it, like it doesn't have to be like even though we have a plan uh, we have also this way it, it can be it, it can be any other way like if it doesn't work this way like it's okay we can do it this other way 
I like using some of the um, technology that's available nowadays. I love um, referring people to like podcasts that I get a lot out of. I love um, just recently we, I, I really see that Scott and I are a mentor for our son and our daughter. And I think anybody that is a parent, you can play that mentoring role if you are intentional in it. And we are very intentional in some of the things we do in our home. And we've recently started watching, um, you can download the mobile app. And I think, Scott, didn't they say it's in 40 languages? Um, It's called The Chosen. And we've only seen three episodes of it, but it's like it's putting Jesus into, and and it's just calling his disciples the first three episodes. But um, it's interesting to be able to watch our children imagine Jesus as a real person walking on earth. You know, like we can read the pages of the Bible and they know the Bible stories. They've grown up in a highly Christian evangelical home. Uh, But like to be able to see it in a a dramatized uh, environment using that technology has uh, been able to break through something with them that when we have the intentional conversation at the end, um, it's, I love the question of like, did you learn something new about Jesus tonight? Or like, did you see Jesus in a different way? And um, I just think we shouldn't shy away from some of the beautiful things that technology is giving us just because we want to commit always to like the scriptures, right? Like that is a huge piece of it. But let technology be something that helps guide some of these conversations because not everybody's a reader anymore nowadays. Some people can receive that stuff through an audio format or through a visual format. Um, So not to just get stuck into reading formats, I think is important. I think that's important to realize too, because the way I was mentored was a lot of like a, a program and like, okay, let's read this together. And I'm okay with that because I, I enjoy reading more now because of that, I think. Um, but there are especially younger people nowadays who don't like to read. And I'm finding as someone who's trying to mentor cross-culturally, uh, there's not a lot of books that have formed me that I find captivating that are also in Spanish. And so to like to like translate that message myself is a little bit difficult. And so, I mean, I've, I've been trying to be more intentionally just when I am, for example, working with um, this guy, when I'm working with them, then, you know, ask them pointed questions. You know, what is God teaching you? What are you reading in the Bible today? Have you read your Bible recently? Mm -hmm. Um, And let that kind of guide the conversation. And, you know, what are you you dealing with in life? Um, I think there is uh, a tendency, I think, to be kind of like a counselor in that that role. I think we need to be careful with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, I think just asking some of those pointed questions is a great way to start. Interesting that you mentioned that, like, one of the things that I think is important in the, we've had five sessions of training for impact mentoring when we're recording this podcast, and three of them have been on spiritual formation of the mentor, mm-hmm. not the mentee, the mentor. And so if you're going to approach the, the mentor relationship, like AJ's talking about, of like asking them, what are you reading in the Bible? What has God been teaching you? You have to be well-versed in scripture. You have to know like what you believe about the scripture they're talking about. They could pull something out of anywhere in the Bible and, and talk about it. And so if you yourself are not pursuing like education, biblical education, then that conversation isn't going to go very far. So that's another piece of mentoring is you have to be 
de- seeking spiritual development in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Emily, you and I have talked before about like, you know, we don't want people to think that, oh, I could never be a mentor because I don't know the whole Bible, but that there needs to be a foundation of spiritual disciplines. Like there needs to be a, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit in my life and I'm, I'm, I love his word and I'm, you know, progressing every day in the fruit of his spirit uh, in order to be able to somehow be used by God to replicate or, or, or duplicate that in somebody else. Yeah. I think, um, to leave a conversation about mentoring in the church (laughs) and to not talk about the depth of the spiritual disciplines of the person that's doing the mentoring. We are mentoring the road to nowhere. If you're a mentor that has no discipline in reading your own Bible of growing in your own relationship of, of prayer. Um, And I kind of wonder if that's where people find that they're at right now. Like they hear this call to mentoring and I want to be a part of that. And like the spirit is good. And in his grace, it calls us to that. And we know that that is something that God blesses and something we should be a part of, but there is still this part of my life that I just don't have under control. I I don't read the Bible or I don't pray. I know I should, but I don't. And it might not be a popular opinion, but it's my opinion. If you are, if you do not have a discipline of knowing how to read your Bible and knowing how to pray pretty well, it's going to be hard for you to mentor in the church. You might be able to mentor in your profession. You might be able to mentor in being a mom. You might be able to mentor in doing something else. But when it has this end game of growing spiritually, if you've not mastered some of those disciplines and the Lord's not taught you in your own life of how to seek him at a greater level, it's going to be really hard, if not impossible for you to sow that into somebody else. And so, um, I just, I I think it's the dance, right? It's the dance of what you're constantly trying to, if you are listening to this episode and you're like, man, I need to mentor, but I just don't know how to pray. Like ask God to teach you how to pray so that you can become the mentor. Like you're, you're responding to his grace of being a mentor. So like take the next step and say, so give me a passion for prayer. Uh, tell, tell me how to do it. Give me some steps. And maybe it comes through your mentor speaking that into your life. But like ask God to be faithful to what he's asking you to do because he will be faithful to that. And we can't just go in empty. Like don't, don't answer the call to mentoring in the church if you don't have a solid relationship with God because we don't need you mentoring our young people that are looking for some of these things. Like we need to have this relationship growing. And if, if we're a leader that is not growing, then we need to take a step back and we need to get our own life on track and then move into the mentoring conversation. And don't leave this episode saying, oh, so I guess I won't. Right. I guess mm-hmm. I won't be able to do that because I haven't gotten there yet. Then then do, do something. Do yeah. all that you can to yep. get that close relationship with Christ. Because honestly, like we want every Nazarene, every Nazarene in our entire region to be known as like someone who is investing in others. Oh, that there would be no Christian in our region, in the world, really, that would ever be like, I mean, I attend service and I mean, I'm a good person, uh, but I'm really not investing in anyone. Then you're not doing the Great Commission. You are not fulfilling the Great Commission. And so this is our longing. This is our hope. This is why, I mean, 
seriously, lots of time and resources have been flooded into this impact mentoring for our region. And I think we're getting convinced. I think that we were passionate about it before, but I think I'm even more passionate now. Um, and I think there are a lot of people with us, you know, but we want to see that following Christ also means by nature, growing in him, but allowing someone else through us to do the same. On that word, I, I think we should probably uh, wrap up. And man, if someone would like to know about mentoring, we have so many resources right now on this. We could not dive in in just 30 minutes uh, all into our trainings and all that we've received. But Emily, where can they kind of contact us if they'd like to know more? Um, before I give you where you can contact us, if you want to know more about mentoring and you want some really quality free resources, go to mesoamericaregion.org. And in the search tab, if you literally just put mentoring, all of these resources, you can find five different workshops up at, at this point in time. Maybe by the time this, this posts, it'll be six or seven uh, manuals that go along with it. Uh, you can educate yourself if you have not been a part of what's gone on and we're halfway through the year. You can still jump in. You can still be a part. And um, it's all free. It's all online. Uh, so if God's talking to your heart and you're like, I want to be a part of that, go to mesoamericaregion.org and find all of that mentoring material. Uh, if you want to connect with us and you're like, I can't remember what that is, you know how to find us on Facebook. You can find us at the Worthless Servants Podcast. You can also find uh, episodes episodes of the Worthless Servants podcast on mesoamericagenesis.org under the podcast tab. That's awesome. Well, um, this, this is our hope. This is our prayer. If you are hearing this, we want you to be able to mentor someone, to invest in somebody else. Uh, that's the heart of the Worthless Servants. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Natalie Frank. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.